this place is special. Get asked all the time, where's your favorite place to take college game day? And I say every time, Eugene, Oregon. Yes. This is the best crowd. Honestly, it's six in the morning here. Yeah. It's dark. It's raining. They don't care. These fans right here, pound for pound, are as good as any college football fans in the country. This program is staged to compete and to win championships. Oregon is going to be in the championship game. Can you believe the magical season this has become? When we watch this film, does our effort beat theirs? Here's Bo Nix. Guns been making deposits. Time to cash a check. Sound at Austin, which is deafening for an Oregon 15-point win. Chip Kelly still does not have a win against his former school, and we say farewell. Man, it feels great to be a duck. Welcome to the QB11 Show, presented by Scoop Duck, with Doug, Andrew, and J-Hop. Here are the guys with the latest scoop. Good evening and welcome into a special edition of the QB11 show. I am Doug Scott and I'm joined today by no one. Um, Justin and QB and I will be recording our next episode together on Sunday. So we will be covering Saturday Night Live, recruiting, the start of fall football camp and and, the, and other topics uh, on Sunday. So look for that episode to land here in just a couple of days. I'm coming at you to talk about media deal, conference realignment, and other things. Obviously, there's been a lot of shakeup in this last 48 hours in this space. Um, Talking specifically, of course, about Colorado's decision, which has now been finalized to leave the Pac-12 after the 2023 football season and return to their former home in the Big 12 Conference for the start of the 2024 season. So let's start with Colorado. Um, you know, they were here for about 12, 12 years, 13 years, I think, by the time it's all said and done. Obviously, they did not make much of an impact in this conference, really in any sport. Um, as a football-focused podcast, we'll talk about football. I think they made one bowl game in their entire time in the conference. They They made it to a conference title game in 2016 where they – lost to Washington in their playoff season. And really beyond that, they, they've been uncompetitive, um, to put it kindly. And until recently, they didn't really put a lot of investment into that program either. Obviously, the hiring of Dion has changed things and, and may or may not have been one of the catalysts behind this move on their part. Um, by some accounts, and there's a lot of rumors and stuff going out there. And depending on who you listen to on Twitter or which national writer you listen to, you hear certain things or other certain things. By some accounts, um, they got impatient and they they were tired of waiting for the Pac-12 media deal, which we're all tired of waiting for. And I don't blame them for that. And and Colorado looked at their their situation and said, we know we can get the guaranteed full share year one in the Big 12 we know what their media deal looks like. We know who their TV partners are. We know how much money we're going to get. And quite frankly, that you know, it's a place of familiarity for them um, geographically and in that conference. And, and that's the way they looked at it. And Colorado was looking out for what they feel is their own best interest. And, and that's what they should do. So they're moving on. And um, 
you know, they'll they'll play one more season in the Pac-12, and we'll get to see Dion in Colorado in Autzen Stadium in Week Four, the Pac-12 uh, first Pac-12 game for both of the both Oregon and Colorado here coming up in late September. So after that, we'll we'll, we'll say goodbye to Colorado, and I'm sure uh, Dana Altman and the basketball team won't be <laughs> sorry to see them leave the conference either. So let's let's talk a little bit about where this goes next because you know quite frankly I don't think losing Colorado in and of itself impacts the Pac-12 other than the optics side of it which is big and I'm not going to undersell that the the Pac-12 looks terrible right now everything about the conference is a disaster from a PR perspective but it's not it's not unsalvageable depending on what happens next. Um, you know, Colorado can leave. The Pac-12 has to add somebody else. They can't play with nine schools uh, for a couple of reasons. One, you you literally cannot form a nine-game conference schedule with an odd number of teams. It's impossible. Um, and I don't think going down to eight or up down to eight conference games is feasible from a scheduling standpoint. The, the amount of out-of-conference games you'd have to try to add for all of your teams would be very, very challenging. And there, there's probably not even enough teams available to meet that. I mean, you, know, you need nine more teams that are available to play uh, play an out-of-conference game. I don't know that that would even be possible. It's also would really hurt your brand as a conference and your legitimacy and, and everything else. So I think that the conference would have to add a 10th school. Um, and it, just for the inventory sake as well, with whatever media deal they're going to get, they're going to need, they're going to need another, another team just to support the inventory they need. So where, where is the media deal? I think that the pressure on the PAC 12 ramps up considerably more than it already was. And, and everyone was already saying something has to be done. I mean, there's been, there's been a lot of dates laid out. Uh, we'll put all of those behind us, but I think, I think I would say, and I think most people have said, you can't roll into the football season with this still this cloud still hanging over there. You, you've got to get a deal at some point in August. Um, so I think that puts the pressure on them even more because now, once Colorado's left, it's now it's if you don't get a deal and you don't get the right deal and you don't get it soon, then how long is it until the next team leaves? I mean, the Big Twelve needs another team. They're not going to play with an odd number of teams either. They've put the full court press on Arizona. Rumors are they gave Colorado a deadline um, of August 1st. Uh, The rumors are now they're going to give Arizona a deadline. And if Arizona doesn't take it, then they're going to pivot probably to UConn as as the companion to Colorado. So the Pac-12, if they want to survive in their current form, has to get a deal and they have to get it very quickly. So the question becomes then, how much money is that? How much streaming is that, right? And I think this is where the challenge in getting a deal has been already uh, for the Pac-12 because they're they're different teams, even though they're all aligned or have been all aligned up, up until now and outside of Colorado on staying together. What they are each looking for in in a new media deal is different. There are some teams who absolutely want to maximize revenue because they desperately need the cash in their athletic departments. Their, their athletic departments are in the red. They need the money. We know Washington state is in this book. Washington lost 5 million last year. 
they're not in as a dire straits most likely as many of the other schools, but they're still they're still underwater. Oregon State needs the cash. Stanford and Cal need the cash, um, especially Cal. Stanford doesn't really, but they also don't necessarily care as much about they're not they don't they don't necessarily want to support athletics from their general fund, and they don't necessarily care as much about some of the other aspects. So then you have schools that have options that have big 12 invites like Arizona, particularly who's, who also has, you know, more of a basketball school than a football school. And the big 12 is a strong basketball conference. So they are not that, not that they don't also need cash, but they are also looking more at of a long term of where, where can we maximize our brand? Where can we make sure we're on Linear TV, traditional networks, traditional outlets, ESPN, Fox, and their affiliates. And so we can maximize the number of times our football program and our basketball program appears on those on those outlets so we can grow our reach, grow our brand, and sustain. Arizona State, similar, right? They want to grow their brand. They want to grow their reach. They need to be on linear television. And Colorado looked at it the same way. We need to be on linear television. Um, and so if those schools don't you know care about linear linear tv and where what tv time how many of those time slots are we getting in our deal how often can my school be on an espn channel or a fox channel versus being on a streaming network right so that's very important to them whereas other schools uh, probably care more about maximizing cash, which we talked about, right? So to them, it's like, I don't care if it's 80% streaming. I need the money. Washington State, Oregon State, Cal, maybe Arizona State to a degree. Uh, Utah feels like they're they're going to get it on TV. Utah probably feels a little bit like Washington, Oregon, where they want a balance of both. But, you know, they also feel like they're in a strong spot where they, they know even if the deal only has one or two one or two linear TV slots a week, they're going to get, they're going to get one of those spots more often than other teams. And so that's enough for them and let's get more money out of it. And I think that's kind of where this mix of interest with these different teams and different schools has made it hard for the PAC 12 to strike a deal because some teams want to maximize money. Well, you can do that if you go heavy streaming, some teams want to maximize reach and linear television well you got to take less money to go that way and so now the two teams and their goals are at odds because you can't get both that's been talked about a lot so really this is the conundrum that they've been in and they will continue to be in and they george glyavkov and the pactual presidents like they have to find a deal and they have to find it now and then they have to backfill they have to backfill colorado so Obviously, San Diego State probably would have been the preferred choice, but their their buyout is now thirty four million, and and the only way the Pac twelve is getting them by next year is that they're going to have to pay a chunk of that. Are they willing to do that? Are they able to do that? Or do they pivot to SMU maybe instead, who can pay their own buyout and and basically is almost said they would take no money for for a year or two. So that may be attractive from the Pac twelve teams who want to maximize their own their own revenues in whatever media deal gets signed. So I think. You have to backfill. You have to get a deal. Now, what happens if another team leaves? And I, I think that's kind of where the the tipping point starts, right? The Pac-12 can survive essentially intact, backfill Colorado, get a deal, and move on. Probably doesn't 
change much other doesn't change much of the value of the media deal. The media deals are valued by the teams at the top of the conference and the brands at the top of the conference, right? The ones that are going to be on the premium time slots and premium networks far more often than others. So in the Pac-12, that's primarily Oregon and Washington, Utah, secondarily, Washington State has good TV numbers historically, right? So those those teams are driving the vast majority of your media value. The teams that are at the bottom of the of the pack, if you will, when it comes to desirability and how much they get on TV and all that stuff, like they're largely interchangeable, right? Like swapping out a team that nobody watches for a different team that nobody watches, maybe even a little less, like doesn't really move the needle that much. It's a, it's a percent. It's a, it's a, it's a rounding error on the total value of the deal, but it is inventory and it is a much more importantly, an optics issue. And, and then it becomes also a domino issue. If other teams start falling, if Arizona leaves next, which is the rumor that might happen, then can the Pac-12 survive two, two schools leaving? And I think that's probably the maximum, right? And I don't even know that that's possible. But in a scenario where Arizona also leaves, no one else does, you get a deal and you backfill with SMU plus whoever else you backfill with to get back to 10. You sign a weakened deal for less money because now you've lost the basketball power then you could probably limp along um, in a contract and, and hope to, to rebound in five or six years. But I think that's about it. And that's even a stretch, you know, obviously if, if a third team, whether that's an Arizona state or potentially an Oregon or a Washington leave to go somewhere else, then the whole thing falls apart. And I, I mean the whole thing from an Oregon perspective, because the PAC 12, no matter what will exist in some form, even if, Oregon, Washington, and all of the four corner schools leaves, and there's only four teams left in the Pac-12. They'll find some other schools. They'll keep the Pac-12 name, and they'll continue on in a basically a, a G5 conference level from that point forward. So let's look at this from Oregon's standpoint. What what are Oregon's options, and where is Oregon going to end up? Because I think that's where we're all thinking. So there's really. I think three things that I would say are realistic, um, realistic possibilities. There's all kinds of wacky scenarios that could join the ACC. There could be some renewed interest in some sort of pack ACC merger or deal, something like that. I don't think those things are, are realistic. Um, so I, I would not put that in my three categories. I think obviously staying in the pack is still a thing. Um, I think Oregon w- would actually prefer to stay in the pack if they can, if they get enough media coverage and enough revenue. And I don't even think they need the revenue to be equal to the Big Twelve because Oregon is uniquely positioned with, for all the reasons we know, with some revenue, um, revenue that other schools don't have. For example, Oregon made one hundred and fifty-three million dollars in athletic department revenue in the last last year's results that were released. The highest school in the Big 12 was Kansas, and the, in the new Big 12 after you take out Oklahoma and Texas, was Kansas, who was at $118 million. That's a $35 million difference. And that's despite the fact that the Big 12 schools made about $10 million more from the Big 12 than the Pac-12 schools made from the Pac-12. So 
Oregon was essentially 45 million more than Kansas, you know, abs out, outside of the TV deal and the TV deal difference brought that down to 35 million. So even if the PAC 12 media deal comes in really low, let's say 20 million per team, Oregon's still going to make more money in total revenue than anybody in the big 12. So they're not going to be falling behind that conference. Obviously they're going to be falling behind the big 10 and the sec, which is going to happen regardless. But the thing that could also help Oregon, particularly, and maybe Washington and Utah, close that gap even further. Let's say they make twenty million a year, and the and the Big Twelve is at thirty-two million. The fact that the PAC has agreed to to let the the CFP participant keep some or all or most of the money earned that when that when that college football playoff renegotiation happens and for the twenty twenty six season and beyond that could be 10 million or more dollars a year. So the fact that in the Pac-12, you get to keep most or all of that, and in the Big 12, you have to share it 14 or 16 ways, that right there is a $10 million gain. So that gets you back to par with the Big 12. And that and that's just by staying in the pack. The other thing about going to the Big 12 is if you're Oregon or Washington, and you have eyes on eventually moving to the Big Ten when their next contract comes up in 2030, the Big 12 has some pretty harsh exit penalties compared to the Pac-12, where there's none. So if you stay in the Pac-12, you can make $10 million, $15 million less a year in media money versus the Big 12. But in five or six years, you can walk away to the Big Ten and owe nothing. Conversely, if you join the Big 12, there are two things that are going to cost Oregon or Washington a ton of money in five or six years if they join the Big 12 and then get an offer to join the Big 10 and want to leave. First of those is the fact that the Big 12 media deal runs an extra year longer than the Big 10 media deal, which means the grant of rights runs an extra year longer. So the Big 10, if they expand and, and when their next contract's up, is going to want those teams to join when the new contract starts, which is 2030, the 2030 season. The Big 12 contract doesn't end until after the 2030 season, so it would be the new contract for them would start in 2031. So if you wanted to leave the Big 12 a year early, you would have to pay a, a year's, you know, a year penalty in that, which is you know somewhere in the neighborhood of 30 to 35 million dollars. And secondly, and more onerously, the Big 12 has a 99-year exit fee that everyone has to sign on to when they join that conference. They added that in 2012 when they're when when Texas and Oklahoma and everybody almost left to go to the Pac-12. They all agreed to sign a 99-year um, exit fee penalty. This is outside of the grant of rights, outside of any conference media deal. It's just literally just when you join the Big 12, it's part of the bylaws that you sign on to. And that if you leave the conference at any time, doesn't matter if your media deal's up, not up, whatever, in addition to whatever penalties you owe to the grant of rights, you owe penalties to the Big 12 equal to two times the total annual Big 12 payout to their schools. Well, that number right now, if some if a Big 12 team were to leave right now, that number is about $88 million because their payout this last year was around 43 $44 million per team, per school. So double that, 88, $86 to $88 million. Well, now fast forward five or six years. 
the revenue projections, you know, both from the media deal and other sources, especially once that CFP gets renegotiated and kicks in, that that annual payout in the Big 12 is going to go from 43, 44 million a year to 52, 53, 55 million a year potentially. So now you double that. You're talking $100 million, $110 million in an exit fee, plus the 30 to $40 million you pay for getting out of the grant of rights early. So now you're talking about $140, $150 million to leave the Big 12 and join the Big 10 in 2030. Okay, so now do the math. What's better? Making $10 million less a year for six years and then walking away for free to the Big 10? Or making that extra 10 or 15 million a year for six years, but having to pay $150 million at the end to walk away. It's clearly better from a financial standpoint only. It's better to stay in the pack, make less money, and then go to the Big Ten than it is to go to the Big 12, make more money, and pay a huge exit fee to go to the Big Ten. Now, there are a lot of other factors, obviously, besides the financial point. Do you even get that Big Ten invite in 2030? If not, you're better off being in the Big 12 now, right? Because you're making all that extra money over the next six years. Where, you know, Are you able to maintain your level of success and brand and recruiting and coaching and everything else over the next five or six years in either the, the Big 12 or the Pac-12 better or worse than the other or about the same, right? These are all the things that the administration has to try to calculate, right? And some of it is unknowable. Some of it is we just aren't going to know, certainly not without knowing what the media deal looks like. Um, so that's kind of the the conundrum or the 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 options facing Oregon when they have to consider staying in the pack versus going to the Big Twelve. I believe their preference would be even at ten to fifteen million dollars less a year to stay in the Pac twelve because I think they look at it as if if we stay in the Pac twelve, we're we're not going to have to pay that exit fee to go to the Big Ten later. Plus, we can be in the playoffs. I don't know, two out of every three years, three out of every four years in this Pac-12 conference. And if we do that and we get to keep all of that money that we make in the playoffs, we've already made back the difference to the Big 12. We also are more relevant in the national landscape because we're in that playoff every year. And and that's a better position for the school to be in than joining the Big 12 for some short-term financial gains. So I think that's what Oregon would prefer. And I honestly, I think that makes a lot of sense. Obviously, the downside risk of that is the Pac-12 becomes so bad and so irrelevant and it's on some streaming network that nobody watches and nobody's talking about you that your brand erodes and you, you can't keep your recruits and your coaches and everything else. I think that's the, the risk you have to weigh. Thirdly, third option, of course, is with the Pac-12 potentially falling apart, particularly if Arizona were to leave or or some other schools were to leave, does that open the door up for the big to come back around and say, you know what, we really didn't want to add Oregon and Washington and maybe some others right now, but because everything's falling apart, we're going to, we're going to add them now at a reduced share. Oregon would get a reduced share to go to the big 10 to wash probably with Washington. And then the Big Ten would be looking at it as, well, we'd rather do it later, but we're kind of being forced to do it now because we don't want them to end up with, really, this is the the TV networks, right? This is Fox saying we don't want them to end up with ESPN in, in the Big 12, which is two-thirds controlled by ESPN. We'd rather have them on our network because we have plans to grow. The Fox essentially owns the Big Ten for, for all intents and purposes until the end of whatever deal they've signed 20 years down the road. 
we would rather have Oregon and Washington fully under our umbrella for our long-term plans to create a nationwide conference versus having them go to the big 12 and, and maybe we can't get, we can't get control back of them in five or six years, or we lose the, 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 the momentum in the short term. And I think this is where the real question then comes into play is, is what is Fox and, and the big tens kind of long-term plan uh, we know they're interested in AC, in ACC schools when ACC opens up. Florida State, Miami, Clemson, North Carolina, Duke, Virginia, some combination of those schools the, the Big Ten is interested in. I think the Fox, Fox and the Big Ten, I think, are really looking to build a nationwide conference. And, and they're probably looking to do it more incrementally, but this may also be accelerating quite quickly. But they want to hem in the SEC and ESPN, right? Because if they have L- they have LA, if they can get Oregon and Washington, that pretty much takes all of the valuable brands in the West. They already have the Midwest. They have the Northeast. If they can get the, the Virginia and Carolinas and get into Florida, they've now completely surrounded the whole, all four time zones, completely surrounded the SEC, and they've really penned the SEC and ESPN into being a regional conference in the South only, Texas to Georgia and, and Florida, obviously being shared between the two. So if that's their ultimate plan, then they may look at grabbing Oregon and Washington now just as, as necessity to, to their long-term plan. And I think something that's come up this week as well, which the timing of is very interesting, which may mean that they're related. May not be, but there's a lot of smoke around this. Florida State is showing renewed interest in potentially challenging the ACC grant of rights and and announcing their intent to leave the ACC and, and quite frankly, to go to the Big Ten because I think that's where who they've been talking to. And the Big Ten is interested in grabbing, obviously, Florida State if they can get them. And then what the domino impact of that might be on Clemson, Miami, North Carolina, Virginia, some of these other schools, and by the way, Notre Dame. Because if the ACC starts falling apart, then Notre Dame loses half their half their agreement and half their their scheduled games. And what does that look like for them? And does that make them push them toward the Big Ten as well, which is ultimately the Big Ten's you know holy grail, right? So the Florida State stuff is interesting because it's being reported. Um, on 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 three and two four seven four state boards that August fifteenth is a pivotal day in that conference in that for Florida State in that conference because that's the last day that you can basically tell the conference you're leaving for the following season. So Florida State is is planning on leaving and playing football somewhere else, playing their sports somewhere else in the twenty twenty four season. They have to tell the ACC that by August fifteenth, which is just sixteen days away. So what would that mean? How would they get out of that? Well, the theory is they would pay a hefty exit fee to the ACC over $100 million. The rumors are they have raised that money already. Well, that's fine, but their whole buyout, their grant of rights, ESPN owns their rights through 2036. And that's valued, the total value of that is closer to $500 million, not $100 million. So how do they get out of that? Well, I think, I think they don't know. I think, I mean, I think they don't know, but they have some ideas, right? And and I think what they do is just say, here you go. Here's your exit fee check. We're leaving the conference starting next year. And then one of two things would happen. Either they would challenge the grant of rights in court 
and try to get out of it completely or get out of it at a greatly reduced price, buy their rights back, essentially. And if that happens, it would also be financed by Fox, right? It would be Fox backing them up and financing whatever that whatever that penalty would be. Or they would simply have that backing already by Fox and others to say, okay, we'll we'll buy you out of your grant of rights. We'll negotiate for it. And and we'll move you over to the Big Ten, and 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 then the dominoes can fall from there. And that's part of potentially what Fox's and and the Big Ten's kind of master nationwide plan would be. So, is that also related to the Oregon and Washington smoke that's picked up again about the Big Ten now being potentially interested in them again, or is that just completely unrelated because of the timing of the Colorado move and the Pac-12 potentially falling apart? I don't know, but it is interesting that they're. They seem to be happening around the same time. So could the Big Ten be at 20 teams next year? Maybe. 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 It's going to be a wild ride. So, you know, keep keep uh, keep tuned in here. Obviously, I'll be talking about it whenever there's something big to report. Uh, it's obviously all over the message boards. You can check it out on Scoop Duck. You know, follow me on Twitter and others. We tweet about it all the time. But uh, that's kind of where things stand right now and kind of where – the three options I see for Oregon, if you're asking me to handicap them, I would say staying in the pack is probably still the most likely thing for Oregon in 2024, but it's, I would say less than 50% now. I would have had that at 80% a week ago. And now I'd probably say, you know, maybe that's 40 to 45% with the Big 10 maybe being 25% and the Big 12 being 20% or something like that. I do think there's a scenario where Oregon and Washington go to the Big 12, and I think that's the Big 12's plan. right? They grabbed Colorado. They want to put a hardcore press on Arizona, and then they want to go to Oregon and Washington and say, you get the last two spots. We're going to stop at 16. We have two spots for you, and they're going to wait, and they're going to make Oregon and Washington say no before they allow Arizona State or Utah or some or two other teams to come in. Uh, so I think that's what the Big 12 would want, and I'm sure Oregon and Washington are doing their due diligence, and they would they would consider the Big 12 as a backup plan. I don't think either one ultimately prefers to go to the Big 12, and in fact, I think they strongly prefer not to go to the Big 12. But you have to keep that contingency in case the Big 10 doesn't invite you, and the Pac-12 truly does fall apart. You have to keep that keep that uh, that line in the water a little bit. So that's kind of where things stand. Uh, I'm going to predict the most likely thing is the pack backfilling Colorado and getting a deal and staying together for five or six years. Uh, and I'd say the second likely thing is gaining more steam by the day. However, we'll, we'll talk about this again, probably on Sunday to see if, if there's been any more updates is the big 10, the big 10 coming back around and bringing Oregon and Washington into the fold would be the second most likely thing I think at this point. So that's all I have for today. Thank you all for listening, and we'll talk to you in a couple days.